Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, I don't know about you. I'm excited to be at Radiant Church. Is anybody pumped to be at church today? If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Aaron Burke, and I am the lead pastor here at Radiant Church Real One Church in five locations that are joining us right now. So I want to give them a shout out. If you're in the Brandon location, we love you guys. Heights location, we celebrate what God's doing there. Our St. Petersburg location is incredible and continues to grow and see life change there in Pinellas County. And then our incredible South Tampa location. You're looking good today, South Tampa. And then our new its location, and I was just seeing you guys in the chat. I love you guys. Those that are watching church online, we celebrate y'all. You are just as smart, part of, just as much as part of our location as our church as any other anybody else. We love you guys. We're with you guys. We are so glad you're here, Radiant Church. All those that are joining us today, especially those for the first time, can we give it up for our guests that are here? It's a big deal. Let me give you an update before I get into the message about what God did last weekend, not just the 50 plus baptisms that happened, but we take a single Sunday and we celebrate what God has done um, in our church by doing what we call a legacy offering where we get to accelerate the vision of the church. I put out a dream at the end of 2019 and said, by the end of 2020, let us, by God's grace, raise $5 million for a new broadcast location for our South Tampa facility. And everybody said it was impossible, but we serve a God that does more than uh, than the possible. He does the impossible. And so I told you uh, last week we were at $3 million. Let's all give. And people gave. They gave above and beyond. And this morning I got the text from our uh, finance team that as of this morning we are at right at $3.854 million, which by the way, hold on, hold on, hold on. It, it gets better. So, so then I told you guys we have a legacy team member that would match $500,000 that's not included in that. And I had another legacy team member says, well, if they're going to do $500,000, we'll do $500,000. So there's a million dollars not included in this, which means we're right at only $150,000 away. Come on, give God praise for that. I think it's pretty awesome. South Tampa, you better be excited. It's a big deal. So... I say that to say, just continue to give towards the end of the year. If God puts it on your heart, uh, give generously. Let's see that happen. All right, take out your notes. We are in a brand new series in the next couple weeks that I will be preaching. Really excited this Sunday, next Sunday, Christmas Eve, three different messages. And we are calling this series, The Nightmare Before Christmas. We were in a brainstorming session with our creative team going, what can we do to kind of wrap up and talk about this year? And someone on our creative team says, let us call it the nightmare before Christmas. And we thought, that is so perfect. You can't think of a better thing to describe this year than it's been a nightmare. And it's okay if you're in a nightmare season right now, no matter what season you're in, because what Christmas is all about is despite all of the nightmares we're in, Christmas equals, and it's right there in your notes, it equals hope. And what we're going to give you this next couple of weeks is we're going to give you some hope in the midst of the nightmare you're in, whether it's a nightmare in a relationship or your finances or a situation in your health. No matter the nightmare you're in, you're going to experience hope because actually the time that Jesus came 2,000 years ago, it was not a perfect time. It was a nightmare season. 
It was a very dark season, and we hear that in the dark season, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 says, the virgin, talk about Mary, will conceive and give birth to a son, that's Jesus, and here's what they're going to call him. In your nightmare season, he's going to be called Emmanuel, and here's what that means. It means that God is with us. If you feel like you're in a nightmare season, I want you to know this Christmas you're going to experience Emmanuel, which is God, who is not distant from us. He is near us. Can we hear a good amen today, church? Paul, the apostle, said it this way when describing the nightmare season that they were in. He says, but when the right time came, I think that's very interesting because the right time seemed like the wrong time. There's a lot of people that are in a, a season that it just seems like it's the wrong time. Nothing's working out. But that it's in that right time that God sent a son, born of a woman, subject to the law. And God sent him to do what? To buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. You're going to experience the closeness of God over these next couple of weeks. And so I know there's people here from all kinds of backgrounds. All kinds of situations, but I want you to write down the sermon title today because I think it'll be one of our most shared messages this entire year because I really think it's going to help a lot of people. And here's what it is. Find hope in the midst of hurt. I want to help you find hope in the midst of your hurt. If you're in, you feel like you're in a nightmare season, you feel like uh, you're just waiting for this season to be over, it's terrible in your life, this is the message for you. If you know somebody right now who needs to hear this message, they're, they're going through the struggle in the relationship, they're going through the loss, share this right now on Facebook, go online, share it on Church Online, because I'm telling you, they're going to be helped. We're going to hear a story over the next few minutes, and then we're going to go into some real details of healing of somebody who's very close to me, a great friend of mine, someone's been connected with our church for years, who you would think has the perfect life and about a year and a half ago went into a nightmare. And we've been waiting and waiting to share this story. And I think it's the perfect time as we start Christmas at Radiant Church to share a story that I think is really going to help you. Check this out. joined in January of 2002 and actually served in the Air Force for just under 15 years as an aircraft mechanic and as a recruiter. And in that time, early on in my career in the military, met my wife and got married at an early age and also had kids early as well. And so we had Bo back in 2007 and Carmen in 2009. We also felt the call to adoption. So we actually adopted Alex when he was 16 years old, as well as Zoe when she was 16 years old and eight months pregnant, which is also how we now have Seth, who's four. Bo and Carmen are pretty close in age, but it's just the, the classic as they get older, they're a lot more independent than when they were younger and they do everything together. And then you have Seth, who's four, so he's so much younger than them, and he wants nothing more than to be best friends with Bo and Carmen, but they're 13 and 11. So it's a four-year-old trying to be, you know, friends with the big kids. So he wants to do everything that they do, wants to be involved. Oh, yeah. Hey. Hey. So shortly after coming to Radiant, uh, I actually went through Next Steps, and uh, Pastor Aaron asked me if I wanted to go get coffee, and so I met with him. He told me after that talk that he was going on a trip to India in a couple of months and that I should join him. And I was so excited about that. So uh, shortly after that, when we came back from that trip, came on staff at Radiant part-time because I was still in the military. Things were going great. I had the family that I had always wanted. I had the, the job I had always wanted here at Radiant Church. And things seemed to be going perfect until July of 2019 when um, my wife of 
over 15 years, decided to leave and pursue a divorce. And um, I, to say the least, I was um, hurt and sad and shocked and didn't know what to do. And, and honestly felt like I was walking into a nightmare. With this, this flood of emotions that was happening and, and really not knowing what to do next, um, I knew that something had to be done. And I think I came to a, a decision point in my life where I could be angry at God, angry at the situation, angry at her and, and everything else that was going on in my life, or I could choose to really just trust in God. And, and that's what I did. Not only was I getting better spiritually because I was growing in my relationship with God during that time and putting my faith in Him, but went to counseling and began to, to heal and repair mentally. And, and God also used the, the family, the, the community that he placed me in here at Radiant Church and, and having these guys around me that, that, that spent time with me, that prayed with me, that cried with me, that, that really just were so intentional during that time. God used all those things to really help me, bring me through the craziest season that I've ever been through in my life. Yeah, I, I know I said it, I felt like I had the dream life before, but honestly, because of what God has done in my life and where he's led me, I feel like I'm in the best place in my life that I've ever been. I don't know what's next. I don't know what happens next, but all I can really do is, is trust God. And I know that if God could bring me out of a nightmare season like he did, that uh, there's only great things that are in store in the future. Can we thank Ryan for his vulnerability and sharing his story? You know, we've been, we've been praying for a long time for this moment and getting to the right time. You know, you were one of the, came to our very first Easter, you and your family um, here at Radiant Church, got plugged right into the church. Many of you guys know Ryan. He's um, helped launch our first location in downtown and so many incredible things that you've been able to do. And people would look from the outside and think, man, it's all perfect. It's all great. You know, people in ministry or on staff at a church never have problems. Little do you know, we all got issues. And so we're, we're going we're gonna to talk for a little bit today about the process of what Ryan went through and really a nightmare situation that I can say is probably one of the hardest ones that I've ever helped somebody walk through. And I really believe that there's people watching this. Maybe it's five years from now and you're watching this message because somebody shared it with you because they go, man, I know you're going through the worst time in your life. This is the message for you. So Ryan kind of set us up. Man, what was kind of going on? What what did you learn during this time? Yeah, I think looking back on it now, I think that it really just reminds me of CrossFit, honestly, yeah. if we're being honest. And Which you have to say because one of the very first rules of CrossFit is that if you do CrossFit, you have to Tell talk everybody. about it. Yeah, right. We got okay, it out go ahead. way early, so we can move on with the rest of the message. But no, um, it reminds me because, uh, you know, recently you and I did a CrossFit competition and in the misery of that day when we were uh, not in last place, but close to last place yeah, yeah. Um, and very sore, um, I looked at you at one point and I said, why do we keep doing this? And you replied, because we think it's fun, <laughs> which is not true. Um, there's not anything fun about it. But the reason that we go and we do those competitions is because we want to test ourselves. We want to test what we're capable of. We want to see what our limitations are. And it's through the testing of ourselves that we really begin to see what strength we have or the lack thereof. Right. 
And this last season has really been that test for me. I mean, the difference is we, we sign up, we pay to go to CrossFit competitions and, and hurt. I didn't sign up for this. Um, but, you know, it was a test. And, and, you know, even though God didn't cause this thing to happen, God really showed me something over the last year and a half. Yeah. Um, he revealed in me a strength that I didn't know was there. He, he you know, in, in that test of seeing just what I was capable of, man, God has done incredible things in my life. It, it reminds me of James chapter 1. When it says, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because that because is so important there, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, everybody wants the mature and the complete, but not everybody wants the test. And so if you feel like you are in a season where you're just being tested right now, it seems overwhelming. Maybe, just maybe, it's not that God's mad at you. It's that he sees so much potential in you that he wants you mature and complete to do the call that he has on your life. So, you know, it, it's a little bit easier now because you're, you know, a year and a half into this, be able to look back and see the hand of God. Well, while he didn't cause it, he used so much of this situation. You know, it's, it's so crucial that as you look back, you kind of talk about the lessons you have learned. Yeah, I think, you know, in the last year and a half, there are certainly times where I did not consider it pure joy, what was right. going on in my life. But it is one of those things that now, a year and a half later, I can look back and I can see the process that God has brought me through in that. And it really has helped me understand the phrase. I know you've used it before and you'll see it in your notes that we live life forward, but we understand it backwards. Yeah. Like I didn't understand the things that I was going through and the things that God was doing in me at the time, but now I can look back on it and it's so clear what God did. So we're going to take a moment, we're going to get kind of vulnerable and real and go to the initial trauma. So you've been married for 15 years and out of respect for her, which by the way, she, we got her permission to share this story, just so you know, but out of respect for her, we're, we're not going to give a lot of details at that time, but you did have that initial moment where the trauma happened, you, you, you get a worse phone call you ever want to get in your life and you didn't know what to do. And I remember you sitting there in my office and you're just kind of at a place going, I don't know what to do from here. Kind of walk us through that moment. Yeah, you know, when that happened, I think there was such a, a rush of emotions. Um, I think I was, I was, I, I don't think I know, I was very angry and I was very sad. And I think over that time I was very depressed at times. I think if you name a negative emotion, I probably was experiencing it during that time. And I got to a place where, you know, I think we, we want to be able to control these things so much. And we want to be able to think that, like, I have enough strength in me to fix this. I have enough strength in me to get through this. But I got to a place where I knew that I couldn't do it on my own. And I, I needed to seek outside help because I've heard it said in the past before that you are not the best person to give you advice. That is a good line right there. Because, you know, we, we, get, ourselves, we get ourselves into things. And, and the hardest thing about us giving ourselves advice is we're not very honest with ourselves. Yeah. We tell ourselves the things that we want to hear. We tell ourselves that you can do this. But in the actuality you're not the best person to give you advice. So the story goes that Ryan's sitting there in my office, you're going, okay, I know I need, I need some help at this moment. And I sat across the table from him and I said, Ryan, I believe I can help you through any situation that you're going through. 
as long as you don't lie to me. And, and I had this moment where I was able to, we stepped into his life and, and leadership stayed, stepped into his life. And I gave this phrase, and I think it's so crucial because I wanted so bad to see him healed. But I realized in your life and in Ryan's life and my life, it's all the same, but you can write it down. Number one, that your level of healing is directly connected to your level of honesty. So you have to understand that if you want to get whole, and I, as I had moments with Ryan saying, listen, if you want to get real and get whole in this situation, you've got to be honest with me. You've got to be honest on good days and on bad days. You've got to be honest with what's going on, what the issues are, and we can work through anything together as long as you're honest. You have to have somebody that you're being honest about. Let me just say it this way. Not everybody needs to know your issues, but somebody does. Somebody does. Let me say it again this way. Uh, The whole world shouldn't know your issues. (laughs) You don't have to post them all on Facebook, all right? But somebody needs to know. And a lot of it for us was, was counseling. Was for you, I challenged you. I said, you need to go in counseling. You need to get some real healing and somebody that you can be vulnerable to. Yeah, you know, I, I got to that place where I realized that because of the, especially the relational trauma that I was going through and the emotions that I was feeling, that I needed that outside help. And so, you know, I started be, going to see a counselor, a Christian counselor here in, in Tampa. And it was in those meetings that, you know, with, when you want to protect yourself from a lot of people, I was able to sit in a room with a guy that I knew I wasn't going to see outside of that room. And I could be very honest with him. And I could be very angry and I could be very sad. And I could, I could share all these things that I was holding inside of me. I was able to share those with him and it began to, to help in this healing process. And, and actually at the encouragement of the leadership of the church, I actually went to like a three-day intensive counseling thing up in Ohio. And, you know, it was in that process too and, and through all of this that I really began to learn, you know, not as much about the, the situation, not as much about her, but I began to learn about me during that time and um, in the, the healing process that, that I needed to go through and not focus so much on the outside. And, and I want to make this clear in this you know, portion right here is that, listen, you can see in your notes, seeking help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Great line, Ryan. And, and I think line. that there's such a negative stigma in today's world about going to seek out mental health professionals. Like, if you go see a mental health professional, it means that you have an issue. Well, guess what? You already got an issue. You, you have issues. Like, we know you got if issues. If you're watching online, you're in the, you, you have issues. I have issues. Yeah. And, and it's okay to get to a place where you don't know what to do next. Yeah. It's okay to get to a place where you don't know how to process those emotions. Because there are people that are available to help you with that. And it was me being able to go and be honest with those people and work through those emotions that helped in my healing process. But I also need to get honest with you too. And I remember that day sitting in your office and as much as I didn't want to, I told you, I, I think I need some time to take a little bit of a break from work because I need, I need to yeah. heal. And I, yeah. you know, I need to spend time with my family. I need to figure out what's next. And it's so great being a part of a church that when I asked for time off that it wasn't I wasn't shamed. I wasn't made to feel like I couldn't do that, but I was celebrated and you guys were with me every step of the way and I was able to take a, a six-week sabbatical from yeah. the church where I was able to, to really go on this healing kind of journey. You know, there's something about the idea of, of taking care of yourself, of getting whole before you try to help other people. I remember telling Ryan, like, listen, there's no point of you doing ministry right now. You're just gonna bleed on everybody else right now. You just need to get whole in, in yourself. And let, let me just say one more thing about the healing, about the honesty thing, because the scriptures are very clear that whoever conceals their sin, you're not going to prosper. 
But whoever confesses them and renounces them, that's the person that finds mercy. So everybody wants the mercy, but you have to understand, it comes after you find somebody who you can be vulnerable with. Here's why. Write it down in your notes. Because God won't heal who you pretend to be. He, he, he's, he's not interested in healing the Instagram filtered version of you. He, he wants to deal with the real version of you. So there's, there, there's, you've got to get honest with God, but part of that honesty with God is getting honest with God's people of finding somebody in your small group or on the dream team or a pastor on staff or a counselor that you can be vulnerable and honest with. And it's that point, as soon as you get honest, you'll start to get healthy. So we had these moments where we were getting honest and we took some time away and told Ryan, like, like, take some time, get healing, kind of, you know, kind of grow personally. And you had this six weeks where you were disconnecting, really kind of trying to connect with God. But I know with you, you're a people person. And you're a person that if you're real and vulnerable right now, you would realize that that was a hard season of your life where you were just totally disconnected from, felt disconnected from your purpose, disconnected from ministry. You're in the middle of trauma. And in that moment, you really dealt with a lot of loneliness. And I want you to mention this because there's a lot of people who you're in a time of trauma and you're, you're listening to this. And the main emotion you're feeling is just this inner loneliness of, I feel like I'm doing this all alone. How did you deal with that? It was terrible, um, just so we're clear. Uh, no, I, I think, you know, I was, at this point in my life, I was married for 15 and a half years, and so I was, I was used to having this person there all the time, and, and now they're gone. And then, you know, as much as I didn't want to, I knew that I needed to take this break from, from doing ministry and, you know, from a job where, you know, being here at South Tampa, my job was to, to love and to take care of people, and now I find myself at home sitting in my room by myself and it was it was the loneliest season that I had ever gone through uh, in my life. And in during that time where I had a lot of time on my hands, you gave me a book. And it was by Jeannie Mayo, who was here back in November and spoke at first Wednesday, but it was called Uncensored When God Feels Far Away. And as I read through that book, I I learned something about myself that I never I never knew about me is is just how much weight I put and and how much of my fulfillment in life I placed in relationships with other people. And I had placed so much of my joy and so much of my my hope and so much of that fulfillment in my life in this person who was now gone and now I didn't know what to do. And I experienced a level of loneliness that I had never experienced in my life. And in that book, Jeannie said, you know, when you experience that time of loneliness, you, you need to turn that into time with God because even though people may be far away, you have a God who is always close. You know, we actually put that right there in your notes because I want you to get this because you're in a, a season that looks like a nightmare and part of that is that you just feel so lonely. Here's what you do. Number two, when you are lonely, turn it into alone time with God. We serve a God that if you are intentional about taking those moments where you feel like you're fighting alone and you are alone and that person abandons you, you serve a God that's near you. James 4, verse 7 and 8 says that if we come near to God, he will come near to you. If you just make it, be intentional in those times where you go, I just don't have that person next to me that I want next to me, I want you to know God is with you. He's willing to be with you in that moment. You just got to lean into him. Come on, give him better praise than that today, church. Amen. Yeah, 
you know, I, and I don't think I had ever thought of it that way in, in my life in, because I, I was so used to having people around. I, I never had to go into those times, but it was in this time of just intense loneliness and despair that, you know, I would find myself sitting in my room. There was, you know, if you've gone through like relational trauma, there's certain times that are harder in the morning and at night was just hard times for me. And I would find myself sitting in my bed and I would just be just crying, just tears of just sadness and loneliness. And and after reading that book and after realizing that I needed to, to turn those times into time with God, I, I got intentional about that. And you know, I would find myself getting really, you know, sad in those moments and, and turning into a time with God. So I'd put worship music on and I'd begin to worship and I would read and I would pray. And something incredible began to happen as I, be, I would sit in my room and I'd go from crying tears of, of loneliness to crying tears of joy just because of understanding that, like, even though everyone, you know, it felt like everyone was, uh, you know, away from me, I had a God who was right there with me. And it was such joy that filled me because of having God in those times. There's a quote from the book that we've used throughout the years here at Radiant Church, and I want you to get it. It's right there in your notes that loneliness is for your, and here's the phrase, benefit when it forces you to draw companionship from God that you would normally try to draw from other people. What a great phrase. I know they're shouting me down at St. Pete. I know Brandon's got it. Southampton's just letting it sink in just a little bit. But, but I just want you to know, you're so lonely in this season, and that person walked out of the relationship, or those kids moved off to college, and you feel that void, and you're going, oh, how do I fill it? And maybe, just maybe, I don't believe God caused that in your life, but I do believe God can use it to get from you a drawing you into a companionship with him that you would normally try to get from some guy or some girl or some kids or some people. You can get that satisfaction from the God who loves you, who's always for you, who's always on your side. He is near you during this time. And it's a promise in Scripture. Psalms tells us that the Lord is close to the broken hearted. He saves those who are crushed in their spirit. Use this time that you feel lonely to draw close to God and watch how he'll use that time to really connect with you and encourage you. You know, David, when he was in the midst of an attack from the enemy, he said he went into this cave. And in the cave, the Bible says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. That is why it's so crucial that you have that time with God every day. Because look, I'm not going to that person. I'm not going to my boo. I'm not going to my kids. I'm not going to my my leader to get that strength that comes from the God of the universe. You can find it in him. Come on, can we give him better praise? Amen. So you find that connection with God. So you, you get honest. You find that connection with God. But really, the third part in this, and the third part of, I believe, of everybody's healing really is the community that you surrounded yourself with. You did have r- the right friends, the right people. I believe you had the, the right pastor. I mean, just a little, little yeah. just to be honest with you. But uh, you had the right people in your life, and community was such a huge part of your story. It, it is, but I, I, when everything first happened, I th- I didn't want anyone to know what was going on. Right. You know, I was, I was going through, you knew, but 
I didn't want anybody else to know. Even my, my closest friends, I wanted to protect myself, I think, is what I was thinking, is that I, if nobody else knows, then they won't feel bad for me because I was going through so much emotionally that I didn't want people to, to judge me or feel sorry for me. I didn't want to be a, a victim in people's mind. And so I, I hid it from a lot of people. I, I led a, a mission trip to Sri Lanka and nobody knew. I put this smiling face on and let everybody think that everything was great in my life when inside it was, you know, everything was going crazy. And, you know, it was, it was great during this time, in the initial time of having that time of way of getting close to God. But I also very quickly realized that I needed other people too. And, you know, it, it's, it's how God has created us. Like from the beginning, God has created us for community. And it was when I was able to start coming back to work and be around people again that I realized that God had placed me in the best community that I could have asked to be in here at Radiant Church. And between having you as, as one of my closest friends and having the other people on staff here, people that I've been in small groups with over the years here at Radiant Church, I was placed in the right you know, community, the right people to be around to help me through this time. And I think the best part about the community here at Radiant is I didn't have to seek any of these people out. I didn't have to seek Pastor Aaron out. I didn't have to seek Pastor David. I didn't have to seek Jesse Allen. All these people, they sought me out. And they were very intentional about spending time with me. And they would, like, like I said in the video, they would cry with me. They would pray with me. They were very intentional. And it was because of, of that intentionality that I was really able to continue to take that next step in that healing process. You know, we wrote it in your notes. Here's the third point right here. It's simply this. If you're going through your nightmare, you want to you see healing on the other side of this. Here's the third thing is that the quality of your community determines the quickness of your comeback. Ooh, I want to I want to I want to nail this one home just real quick because a lot of people are are wondering why they've stayed in their nightmare for so long and I want to highlight a key word in this phrase it's the quality of your community. You notice it's not the quantity of your community. You don't you don't need more friends, you need better friends. Like that's, that's a lot of your issue right now. Yeah, let me tell you, your 2021 resolution should be out with the old, in with the new. I need some people that'll help, that God will use to help bring me to the purposes that I have for our life. Like, I, I, I need the right people in my life. And, and, and if you don't get those, those toxic people out and those healthy people in, you'll never, you'll never be who God called you to be. And if you feel like you're in a nightmare, this is why the local church is so important. Let me just say it this way. This is why the local church is essential. You, you can do a lot of things. You can read a lot of good books. You can do a lot of things. You are here a part of Radiant Church, whether it's in person or online. Let me just tell you, your number one initiative for this next season is how can I get more connected than I am right now? How can I get some more friends than I have right now at Radiant Church? How do you do it? Go to Next Steps. Get on the Dream Team. We don't need you on the Dream Team so that you can serve. We don't, that's not the purpose of the Dream Team. The purpose of the Dream Team is so that you get connected. Because someone, somebody needs to know your name, and somebody needs to be there when you have an issue. And you go, I just don't have anybody. This is the church for you. Yeah. This is the church for you. We're going to love you. We're going to pray for you. We're going to cry with you. We're going to celebrate with you. You need this church together with you during good times and with bad times. I always feel like relationships are like like a bank. You're depositing all the time. You're depositing every time you go fishing together, every, every small group you do together, every time you all read a book together. But once in a while... Life is terrible. Yeah. And you're going to need some people that you're going to be able to make a withdrawal from. Say, hey, I know it's, it looks great on social media, but I'm struggling right now. And this is why the church is essential. Because we need each other. We can't do this thing alone. Because life is tough.
and our struggles are real, but our community is strong together. This is what God has called us to do together. Yeah, we, yeah, amen, all right, yeah. You know, we, we've said it for a long time at Radiant Church, as long as I've been around, the, in the importance of community. And we, if you've been around Radiant any amount of time, you've heard this before, but it's in your notes that true life change happens in the context of relationships. And you don't need people who are just gonna tell you everything that you wanna hear, that you're gonna need, you need people who are gonna tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. And I needed people who were honest with me. I needed people who had clear minds because I did not have a clear mind. I was not thinking clearly. I needed those people surrounding me. And it was having the right community around me during that time that I think when, when everything first happened and I thought about the road that was to come and the, the process this was gonna be, I thought I was gonna have to do it all by myself. Yeah. And it was when these guys surrounded me and they were very intentional with me that I knew for the first time that I wasn't gonna have to do this alone. And it meant more than me than, than anybody will ever know. And it's, it's truly why I'm sitting here today. You know, Ecclesiastes says that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And then it says this phrase, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But then it says this phrase, pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. You know, this is what I realized with our church is I really get sad for people who go through things like Ryan went through, like you've gone through, like I've gone through, major crisis, but they have nobody else. I want you to know that that is a decision that has been made from people to go, I'm just going to stay at a distance. Don't stay at a distance anymore. Stay connected. Why? Because we want to do this thing together. When we all fall, we need to be there to help each other up. This is what the body of Christ is all about. This is what we're called to do as a church. And you go, you go, well, Aaron, Aaron, I don't want people to judge me. Let me tell you, here's what we judge at Radiant Church, fakeness. People putting on a mask. No, 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 no. At this church, we celebrate vulnerability. We celebrate honesty. We celebrate people that are getting help. We're not here to fake this thing together. We're here to do what God has called us to do, which is to be the church to help people in difficult times. Any last words, any challenges for people that are going through just the tough seasons they're going through? I think if I could leave you with one last thing, it's that healing is a process. I think that whenever I, the, these things started falling in place and I started getting close to God and I realized that I had the right people around me, I thought, man, I'm gonna get better right away. Like the, everything's fixed. I have all the, all the tools are in place. And then it wasn't. And it, it took, it, it took the, the last year and a half to really work through a lot of that. And you know, it, and I just want you to know, healing isn't instant. And uh, it reminds me of this, this vision that somebody just shared with me. I was talking to Pastor Roshan, who's our, our pastor who oversees our, our projects in Sri Lanka. And we do Zoom calls every other Monday with the pastors in Sri Lanka and, and I'm able to speak with them. And uh, after one of our recent ones, he asked me to, to stay after because his mom, Sister Saroja, she wanted to share something with me. And so all the other pastors jumped off and it was just me and Pastor Roshan and Sister Saroja. And she said that she was praying recently for me and she had a vision and she saw me standing on a stage and I had a smile and everything looked great on the outside, but then God showed her the inside. And when she saw inside of me, she saw that it was very hurt and it was very broken and it was very sad. And as the, as the vision went on, God showed her that the, the blood of Jesus began to fill my body. And, and as the blood of Jesus began to take over, it began to slowly but surely heal the brokenness and heal the hurting and heal the sadness 
And it was over time of the blood of Jesus doing that work inside of me that the inside began to match the outside. Come on, give God some praise for that. Ryan, we celebrate your vulnerability, your honesty for being submitted to the process. We truly believe that God is gonna bring him through this thing greater than ever before. Can we celebrate Pastor Ryan and what he's done and the message here? Here's what I wanna do. I want you to all stay in across Tampa Bay because here's what I'm believing. I'm believing that there's people that have waited for time to heal some things. Time doesn't heal things. Jesus heals things. And this, the, the vision even that Pastor Ryan just said, that, that, that idea, that, that idea that, man, I'm just, I look great, just smiling on the outside, hurt on the inside. That's so many of your lives right now. And you're here and you're broken on the inside. You've gone through that, that trauma. You've gone through that divorce. You've gone through that loss. You've gone through that struggle. I want you to know, I believe Jesus brought you to church today because he wants to heal you. With every eye closed all across Tampa Bay, I want the Holy Spirit just to come and be near the brokenhearted, be near those, those who are just hurting, who feel like they've been abandoned, who feel like they're in the middle of a nightmare, who lost their job, who have struggled in their finances, who, who feel like they have no purpose. They, they're in this nightmare and they don't know what to do. We invite Jesus in to heal our hurts right now. He brought you to church today because he doesn't want to keep you wounded in that situation. He wants to see you whole and all that he's called you to be. I don't believe he caused that drama. I don't think he caused that divorce. I don't think he caused that loss. But maybe, just maybe, throughout all of it, you're going to come out the other side stronger with a testimony that's going to help so many people. He's making you mature and complete, not lacking anything. As your pastor, I stand in agreement over right now. There's thousands of people right now who are in the midst of trauma who are joining us right now in this service. I stand in agreement with you. Your best days are still in front of you. You will come out of this stronger than you ever were before. Our eyes are not on what we can do. Our eyes are on what God has done for us on the cross, where he paved the way, where he brought victory, and where he is fighting for us to see us be all that he has called us to be. And now we receive, even as we take a few minutes in worship, we receive your healing that you want to do in our lives, God, right now. Holy Spirit, move through every auditorium, every person's life. Lord, would you heal the brokenhearted? Would you begin to mend together hearts that are broken, the people that are devastated, lives who feel like they're lost, Lord? We thank you that you're bringing them through this and stronger on the other side because you are with us. Come on, let's worship together. Let's put our focus on him. Let's let him heal us from the inside out today. Come on, sing it. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every
every battle you've won, I am. I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I am seated in the heavenly place, undefeated with the one who has conquered. Here's what I want us to do. Across Tampa Bay, just right now, just close your eyes because there's one more group that God wants to minister today, and it's those who don't have a relationship with him. Here's, here's how you begin the process of getting whole, is you gotta get honest. You gotta get honest that you can't be your savior. You can't do this thing on your own. You, you can't get rid of that sin on your own. You can't make it into heaven on your own. You need a savior, and I have good news. He already came. 2,000 years ago, he came. He died on the cross for you and for me, and he rose victorious for your sins and for mine. And now the ball is in our court. Now it's our decision to say, are we going to receive that free gift of salvation that he paid for us to have? Will you give your life to him today? Start doing life his way. Saying, I'm going to give God my sin. I'm going to give him my past. I'm going to give him my future. You make this decision to give your life to God. And I promise you, everything will change. It's, it's called your day of salvation. This is your moment across Tampa Bay. If that's you, you say, Aaron, I'm ready. Today's my day of salvation. I'm not going to do it my way. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm ready to give Jesus my life. I don't even know what all it means, but I just know I'm putting putting my life into his hands, giving him my sin. I'm going I'm to follow him the rest of my life. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up. Wave it at me. Put it right back down. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, all across Tampa Bay. Throw those hands up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So many people, thank you, thank you. At Brandon, at Heights, those online, if you're right there online, just click that button. I'm raising my hand right now. If you're on Facebook, just drop it right there in the comments. We're going to pray this prayer out loud. I want you to mean it in your heart. Say it like this. Say, dear Jesus. Come on, say it loud. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life, my past, my present, and my future. Forgive my sins. Thank you for dying for me. Today I make a decision to live for you for the rest of my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, across Tampa Bay, let's celebrate those who just made the best decision ever. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.